Good evening, folks. Welcome back inside the video vault. This is JB. Hey, I'm Eddie. Eddie's very happy right now because he's got garlic nuts. Yeah. Way to tell him. Yeah. I told you specifically, these are mine. You now told everyone. So people are going to storm the vault and eat the garlic nuts and steal them from you? No. You, 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 know, you know we have candy inside of, inside here. Yeah. So they can have that, I got, not the garlic nuts. Yeah, but you know. Uh, you know our clientele. They're going to go after the candy and not the garlic nuts. Josh, people only like things that belong to other people. All right? We have the candy, but I'm not laying claim to the candy, okay? Jesus Christ. Wait, is it vegan candy? Oh, yeah, folks. In case you get in here, we have a special guest today. This is my wife, Caitlin. Caitlin, say hello. Cats! Get away from my <laughs> garlic nuts. All right, so the reason we have Caitlin on the show, and she's making noise with the chair, so... I don't control the chair. Yeah, you don't, sadly. The, the chair is going to control us. The chair, it's the chairs, folks, not the robots. The chairs are taking over. Anyway. I'm going to switch chairs. This yes, yeah, that's really annoying. Okay, chair number two. Here we go. Excuse me, I just had pizza. And, I just had pizza and root beer, so I'm a little gassy today. This one's making noise too. All right, well, try and sit still as much as possible. Yeah, that was dumb. Yep. Anyway, so the reason we have my wife on the show today, ladies and gentlemen, is that Eddie and I, for the longest time, have wanted to do something for Women's History Month because it is March. Life happened, and so at long last, we are doing Women's History Month today. At the end. Oh no. There, there's like yeah, we're, it's on, like the we're, middle. we're on the we're on the back end of the middle. Honestly, I'm pretty pleased with where we stand in the month. Yes. So, folks, today instead oh, wait, of wait, it's that time of the month. The woman made the joke, so therefore you can laugh <laughs> at it. <laughs> anyway, Josh, what anyway, <laughs> now um, this episode, even though we're having a little fun right now, um, we, this episode is going to have a bit more of a serious tone because, in light of Me Too and the Times Up movement. We want to, we're going to have fun this episode, but we're going to be talking about some more serious subjects. And instead of discussing a specific movie, each of us has picked either a strong female actress or a character that we love in particular. So, uh, Caitlin, seeing how it's your first time on the show, uh, who did you pick for tonight and why? So, I picked Kate Mulgrew. Um, All right. Well, okay. I, yeah. Wow, I got distracted by, I was like, Kate Mulgrew. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't call her by her character name. Uh, I know her from Star Trek as Captain Catherine Janeway. The rest of everybody else knows her uh, from Orange is the New Black as Red. Um, There are many, many reasons why I love her. I feel like picking her is also kind of interesting because a lot of the times when somebody's involved in a sci-fi or fantasy, but sci-fi in general tends to be more female positive um, because they tend to be more or less, they tend to be less conventional <laughs> films. So they don't really think about the gender normativity of regular characters. And it's, it's not just sci-fi films, it's sci-fi in general. Yeah. Because, I mean, from what little I've read of Dune, you could tell that the ladies okay. hold a great deal of power in that universe. I mean, you can look at it in Harry Potter. Um, Even in uh, Song of Ice and Fire? Yeah. I wouldn't use Lord of the Rings as a good example, though. There's, yeah, no. like, no strong women in those books. Uh, they tried in the movies. They tried. But what I love about um, Janeway is she's a really good balance of... Um, I mean, I love Kate Mulgrew in general, but, like, I picked her specifically because of Janeway. She's a good balance of still being feminine and a female but being a 
really powerful, strong human being. Um, and nobody on what's great about the writing of Voyager is that nobody on that ship ever questions what she does because she's a woman. They're not like, oh, well, they don't bring it up. The fact that they don't bring it up makes it even more powerful. Okay. Now, you you looked up earlier because um, cause she was on Voyager, you said. Yes. Okay. Because Captain Janeway's strong female character in Voyager, there is also another not-so-strong female character in Seven of Nine, and between Jerry Ryan, who played her, and Kate Mulgrew, there was some animosity. So, okay, so it's debatable whether Seven of Nine is actually a strong female character or not. And Eddie knows more about Star Trek than you do. Yes, um, very much. But the thing about Seven of Nine is while she's strong and while she's intelligent and, like, physically strong and intelligent, she's emotionally a very weak character because, for those of you who don't watch Star Trek... Go watch Star Trek. It won't kill you. Um, yes, it will. But for those of you who don't watch Star Trek, Seven of Nine is brought on halfway through the series. and Oh, she, oh she's not in from the get-go? No. Okay. She's brought in halfway through the series, and a lot of the things where there were ratings issues on Voyager, so they kind of brought her in as a cash grab and had her be the TNA on the show. Okay. And it was supposed to be one of the strongest female-forward, female-positive shows out there, and here is somebody in a cat suit showing all of her bits off to the universe. Because Voyager... Keep going. Late 90s. Yeah, I'm looking at when it came out. But it... She... 95. Yeah. So so she would have been in, like, around 98, 99. So Jerry Ryan was kind of taking a job, and Mulgrew was like, well, here's the problem, is that (coughs) she was like, I wanted strong women without them being sexual beings first and foremost and then they brought in a sex object and so she was frustrated about the choice of the show and kind of took it out on jerry ryan in recent years she's kind of been like that was not the correct behavior but that's kind of where a lot of the tension on the show existed all right so eddie you're also a trekkie i mean what's your opinion of captain janeway i think she's dope that's it i mean i I don't want to go that deep into it. I think she's great. Uh, fun, great character, super strong. I think she's more tech. I, I think she's more um, strategically minded than Picard. I think she's cool. I mean, my personal favorite is Cisco, but like, you know, a uh, black guy. So I guess. <laughs> but I know Janeway's great. I mean, also when you think about the greatest, the greatest threat to um, humanity. Star Trek at that time was the Borg, and who dealt with the Borg more than Jan- Captain Janeway? Seven of Nine, from what I remember. Or what I've heard, rather. No, Man, Seven of Nine was Borg. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's saying, right, my Voyager, mistake. Voyager actually, like, took on the Borg. The Enterprise dealt with the Borg, I think, a solid three times. And the other also, thing about the... Admiral before Picard does. Right, and the other thing about Janeway with the Borg is the reason why Starfleet in the Alpha Quadrant was able to quote-unquote, take down the Borg is because Picard was a strong person and was able to infiltrate it from the inside. Janeway was able to penetrate it from an exterior point of view. Yeah, which is like the only person to do that. Picard couldn't do that. And also, um, Janeway went back in time. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's the only Voyager, right? No, I don't think Picard did. No, Picard never did. He went into the last episode's all three timelines, but that's not going back and forth. That's just changing your consciousness back and forth. She yeah. actually went back in time and changed historical events. Yeah, no, Janeway's a shit. Now, not to break up the Star Trek love fest. So, yeah, sorry, yeah. Trekkies. 
Um, Why are you apologizing for... Don't apologize. <laughs> but, you, but Caitlin, you mentioned how science fiction as a, as a genre, it's very feel <coughs> forward. And we, we don't just see that in Star Trek. We see that in Star Wars with Princess Leia. We see it in... You see it more in the modern Star Wars. There's a lot of times you'll, you'll hear... Um, oh, my God. Carrie Fisher. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Sorry, I have a bad memory for names. Um, Carrie Fisher would often talk about how they expected her to lose weight, not only for the original movies, but they expected her to lose weight for the most recent movie, too. Yeah. And um, back in the 70s when it was originally created, she didn't really feel like she could fight for it. And what's impressive about Carrie Fisher's performance in Star Wars is that she was able to take a character who could have ended up being a quote-unquote damsel in distress and made her a lot stronger than the script necessarily made her. Right. Because because uh, in in New Hope she's not just Princess Leia but she's also a she's a senator she's an imperial senator yeah and then later on you know she's she's commanding an army <coughs> she's she's more than just Han Solo's love interest she is a boss and then we'll also we see more um, female forward in uh, Firefly which you love I can't believe you brought up Firefly but anywho no in Firefly the strongest characters on that ship are female. Yeah. Not physically. Jane is the strongest physically, but he's a fucking moron. Um, yeah. Am I allowed to swear? Yes. Oh, okay, yes. great. Um, Eddie's, Eddie's not too sure. You curse on this show all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah but she's not. What? She's I, my wife, so she can curse. But I, you film in my house. I feed you. You sleep on my sofa. No, we don't film. We record. Yeah, also, <laughs> I'm the one who gets the curse. No one else gets the curse. Stay with my dog nuts. This is my dog nuts. Sorry, guys. Keep going. Uh, I'm going to steal a garlic knot right now. Oh, my God. I will murder you. <laughs> Please don't. I need him alive. All right. Anyway, so Firefly, you were saying. Firefly. Well, the nice thing about Joss Whedon in general is Joss Whedon writes stronger women than he does men, which is um, atypical for male writers in general. Yeah, because he, he did Buffy, too. Yeah, and yeah. Buffy. And Buffy won. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Dollhouse. I've never um, seen that. And there are many other things that Joss Whedon has done, but he... Oh, didn't he write um, Avengers? One and two, yeah. No, not Avengers. Yeah. Maybe. I thought it was Guardians of the Galaxy. No. no it was Avengers? Ja- uh, James Gunn was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. But he, you can see in that witty that witticism that you get yeah. from... Yeah. But the thing about the characters in Firefly is while you think of Mal being the captain... He's always looking to his women for strength. He needs a woman to fix his engine, which, first of all, is amazing that you are having a female play one of the best mechanics in the universe. Um, B, yeah. the most strategic and the most badass of all the characters. Janeway's, or Jane, I got distracted. Jane, he is great with a gun, but Zoe is just the all-around badass. Yeah. And then you have... Uh, Inara, who's the sleeper, who's the pretty she, girl who she, you don't expect her. She's to very be. cunning. Yeah, she's very much a cat. Yeah. She's pretty, but she's plotting your doom. And then there's River who can kill you with her brain. Yes, well, she's also a but she's also the smartest character on the boat. You mean the ship. They call it a boat. It's so weird. But anywho, the thing about Firefly makes no sense. The thing about sci-fi that we don't see in mainstream media is that sci-fi brings uh, not just women but all minorities more to the forefront than any of the other uh, genres will do. 
All right. Now, now that said, this is, this seems like a good time to segue into the uh, the meat of the of the episode. We're experiencing a women's renaissance, not just in the film, but in the in the arts in general. I hope. Well, no, you got, you got shows like One Day at a Time where they're really making an effort to have strong female characters and have the hard conversations. Um, then you have um, the last season of House of Cards where Claire Underwood is president. Uh, sorry for the spoiler. But, but can you can you really give that to the writers? Can you really say that that's because of a renaissance of women and, and the world being stronger for women? Or is that because Kevin Spacey was creepy motherfucker, and so they had to do it by default. Well, House of Cards, you definitely had to do it by default, but I think, but I think that, um, because, um, who got busted first, Spacey or Weinstein? Weinstein. Weinstein kind of started it? Yes, Weinstein was the, uh, the, (coughs) the, uh, the first quake. Yeah. For lack of a better word. But I, I think you can make the argument that even though Spacey came second, you could say that Weinstein... Uh, triggered it because because regardless of Kevin Spacey, Claire Underwood was going to be president. Because like because Spacey had because re- um, Frank Underwood had resigned from office. I stopped watching the show a while ago. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, I also kind of quit watching the show. Okay, so so sorry for the spoilers. I mean, I knew what happened. I yeah. I, I I knew what happened. I was like, should we get? It wasn't it's realistic only, to me. It's only good for like the first five episodes and then we just keep assuming that we should keep watching this show because it's important. It's not a good show. It's actually quite boring. Yeah. I, I disagree. I, I, I think the whole first much. season's pretty good. Yeah. And but then that's me. it. There's and a lot of... Corey Stahl. Yeah. I Corey Stahl. I was like, I don't care. Anyway, they but... the whole Russian storyline. I was like... Oh, oh, they did? They did a whole storyline with Russia. Yeah. Anyway, um, not, we could talk about House of Cards in another episode. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but... What the point I'm trying to make is that um, we've got women are now finally getting their voice back. We've had Me Too. Time's up is a thing right now. Well, that's because of Me Too, but yes, yes. Well, one one was born out of the other. Yes. Um, we're finally, and also, I mean, you saw at the Oscars this year they were spotlighting the women intensely, or I'm, I'm sorry, immensely at the Golden Globes as well. Yes. Because you have Frances McDormand um, talking about the inclusion rider. Now, for those who are not aware, apparently an inclusion rider means that, let's say that I'm that I'm pitching a movie to a studio and they accept it. I can ask them to use an inclusion rider when they hire the staff. Sorry for the noise. A cat is using the litter box. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have cats. Um, so that they know this. They heard the meow. Through this inclusion rider, uh, you can. If you choose to exercise this, the studio has to have, at a minimum, 50% diversity, not in the film, but as part of the crew. And when they say diversity, do they mean ethnicity, or do they mean gender diversity as well? I believe it's all across the board. Okay. Yeah. Um, because Frances McDormand, when she won the Golden Globe for three billboards outside of Missouri, she like made sure to put all the other nominated women over, said, hey, tequila shots on me later. Um but there's still a very long way to go, and and we see that with the reshoots of All the Money in the World. To give a little backstory, All the Money in the World was Ridley Scott's take on um, the the Getty kidnapping in the 70s. Kevin Spacey was John Paul Getty. Then his allegations came forward, and then Scott opted to reshoot all those scenes with Christopher Plummer, who in just six weeks of filming ahead of the release date, acted his way to another Academy Award nomination. This came out... At or around the Oscars, 
Mark Wahlberg for his reshoots received $1.5 million. Michelle Williams, the leading lady, got less than a thousand. Caitlin, you look like you have a lot to say on this right now. Oh, just gender pay gap. Um, just I Yeah. Are. It no. Go ahead, Eddie. <laughs> Who knows that it Car- makes me read your hall. Sorry. Who knows that Carrie Mulligan's been doing a lot of movies with super Boston dudes recently? What? That's all I had. What? You ever saw um, Manchester by the Sea? That, this is the last movie. That was know. Michelle Williams, not Carrie Mulligan. <clears throat> oh, you're right. Fix the kids. Yeah. Good job. Anyway, Kaylin, you. You say you're going to rage a hole on this. I'm giving you the floor to do just that. Oh, well, I mean, it's a podcast about movies and film. It's not supposed to be about... Um, I mean, I'm sure if people were to actually dig into the pay gap way back when, you would have seen stars. Okay. The best example that you can ever give of the gender pay gap was a quote, is a quote that was given to us by... um, Ginger Rogers. Uh, the, the dancer. Yes. Okay. Nobody ever said, what's it like to dance? They said, what's it like to dance with Fred Astaire? It's the same, but backwards and in heels, which for those of you who don't dance is harder. Um, yeah. It's much harder to follow than it is to lead. I know. I got yelled at by a dance instructor before our wedding. Uh, <laughs> And so that's a lot of what the pay gap actually entails is people don't even assume <coughs> that women have the the right to be on equal footing. They're like, well, you must just feel great to be included in this. And it's like, well, eh, you know. I mean, the fact that for six weeks of reshooting that Mark Wahlberg got $1.5 and Michelle Williams, I guess, I guess... Maybe was, that was scale pay, if it's, if it's less than a 1000 Here's the thing. Six weeks of reshooting. If you're doing five days a week for 10 hours, right? Sure. So uh, so 50 times six, right? It's 300. Yeah. Now, <coughs> I mean, those of you guys who don't know, I'm a theater actor, but I also do extra work and stuff on the side to help pay bills and stuff like that. Yeah. So what I get paid as an extra, as a non-union extra, is 150 a day. I'm going to double check that, but for six weeks, yeah. five days times six equals 30. Yeah. Okay? Five days times six equals 30. Five times six is 30, yes. Right. And then multiply that times 150. That's, if an extra, if an extra were to work as much as she did, an extra would be making $4,500. So more than what she made over that six-week span. Uh Times four and a half. Yeah. And, that's and that's not okay. Because Michelle Williams is a... She's a, not an unknown. A. Yeah, she's she's twice Academy Award nominated, I believe. Uh, no, three times, I think. I don't yeah, know. You know yeah, I don't she, know yeah, these she things. She broke back Mountain, my, my Week with Marilyn, and Manchester by the Sea. And she was she's also on da- was also on Dawson's Creek. So she's been... Uh, she's not new. Yeah, she's been around for <laughs> 20 years at this point. So it's not it's not like she's you know like Abby Cadabby taken right off the street and just appeared out of nowhere. I'm sorry, Abby Cadabby is Sesame Street, but everyone knows the point I'm trying to make. Yes. So I guess the question I have for you, Caitlin, now is how do we uh, how is this uh, what's the next step in this battle? 
it's hard because so many things are happening all at once. Uh, the the other thing about the battle, I think the first step that needs to be taken, oh, I don't know. The first step that really needs to be taken is there's there's a big difference. So I went into a rent audition uh, the other day, and as everybody, most people who've seen rent, there are four women. Uh, Maureen, Joanne, Mimi, and and like there's a bunch of rotating others. Great. There are three women in that show. Yeah. Three main characters. I thought there was a fourth. There's Who a am fourth. I forgetting? There's uh, her, her new wife. Oh, well, let's see. No, I, I said Maureen and Joanne. Maureen, oh, Joanne, um, Mimi. I'm forgetting someone. Well, I mean, Angel, Mark's mom. Angel's trans. Is Angel trans or just a drag queen? I mean, I think she would prefer to be. I, I think if, if, if Rent were written today... Angel will be trans, and I think they cast trans actors, but, okay. I mean, okay. There, but then there are many more men, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the bigger issues in theater and film is you look at the demographics of casting and what the roles are being written. So for every female, for every male actor, there are five to ten female actors out there, and for every female role, there are five to ten male roles, which comes down to writing and what is made available. And sometimes things are written, and then producers and stuff like that change it because they're like, oh, well, nobody wants to follow a woman. Nobody wants to see that. And it's simple things like I've looked into casting breakdowns where they want executives in a room, but they want them all to be men except for, like, one. Which is, like, such an easy thing to make a more balanced... Okay. A, a more balanced room. You just easy, throw in a couple women. It would be so... It'd be easier to cast because you would have more options. Oftentimes, female performers have to be ten times more talented than their male counterparts in order just to get seen. Mm-hmm. So there are many times <coughs> where um, my vocal coach has told me, he's been like, well, you know, if a man had that kind of a range, you know, he get cast all the time. And I'm like, but I'm not a dude. Would you like to be? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm good being a woman. (laughs) Anyway, um, but thank you for providing some insight on that because Eddie and I, we could have done the show by ourselves, but we felt it was very important to have a woman aboard just because, but all of this is, all of what's been happening in Hollywood over the past six months, we'll say, there is a problem. It's a sexual harassment problem. It's a sexual assault problem. It's an overall toxic masculinity problem. I've been guilty of it. I'm trying to be better, and I thank you for being with me on my journey to being better. Yeah, and thanks for reminding me that rent makes me really sad. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Rent right. makes everyone sad. Well, well, Eddie, it's your turn. It's your turn uh, in this roundtable. So we're going to uh, shift to you because you want to talk about uh, an actress that you love in particular. Yeah, I love like Anne Hathaway. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I, wanted, great. I yes. wanted to make a lot of. I wanted to. You know, I had thought about it a lot. You know, I could have said Meryl. I could have said Glenn Coase. I could have said Julie, and more. I could have said a lot of people. Um, but I really like Anne Hathaway. I mean, one Anne Hathaway has been famous for about as long as I remember being in a like kind of like a maturing adult. Uh, yeah, it was for, Princess Diaries that was 2001. I was 11. And, and she had a career before that, too. Yeah, she also... Yeah. But I don't, I don't know much about that one. Like, I don't know what she was doing before. But well, no, we I we, we have her stage credits here, because she... Um, she started She started early. 
Yes, yeah. but um, when I was, you know, like in Hathaway, it was like the like one of the first. Like I remember the Princess Diaries. I was really excited to watch it. I was with my mom um, because you know we had only had the Disney Channel at the time. Like that's all we had to watch. So they promoted the fuck out of that movie on Disney Channel, especially with uh, Eric Van or Van Vaughn. I forgot the the actor who plays like her <coughs> the the popular guy in this. Eric movie. Von Detten. Yeah, dude, fucking Brink. Uh, that dr- jerk face? Yeah, the movie Brink. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, it was really popular. You know? Anyway, so I remember watching that movie and being like, oh, it's like kind of like the first time I was like really like, oh, that's a really like cool actress. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And then as she's progressed, I'm constantly like, it's like, the, you know, it's like, um, yeah, like I remember seeing her as a child and then like watching her career as I grow up at happening as well. You're just kind of like, oh, wow, like, you know, I feel like everybody has a couple of those in their lives. Or we hear about mm-hmm. our parents having those people, you know, oh, I remember this actor when he was this. My mom still talks about, you know, um, oh, I forgot her name. Uh, Susan Sarandon. No, not Susan Sarandon. Um, Susan name? Sarandon came out of nowhere, kind no, of. No, true. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Rocky Horror. But, but that movie wasn't like a mainstream movie no. until probably the 90s. It was a cult, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's still cult. But... Yeah, wasn't it? The Flying Nun. Um, oh, uh, Flying Nun, uh, Sally Field. Sally Field. Yeah, my mom talks about Sally Field the same way. She's like, oh yeah, she was a Flying Nun when I was like 15, you know? And Talk about a career trajectory, too, because she was the Flying Nun, which I, I've never seen, but you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of a goofy premise. And she goes from that to doing Norma Ray. Yeah, and uh, you know, even Anna Hathaway mentioned in her Oscar speech, you know. Uh, the flying into, but you know, just like it's it's one of those things that, like you actually see a career take off in a, in a very good way. She was a kid movie person, yeah. so I like that just to get started. Um, and then you know, I always I, I also one of my favorite movies to watch of hers was Ella Enchanted because you know I remember Ella Enchanted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember Never reading that book when I was like nine. And oh, it was a book. It. it was a book originally. Yes. Did not know that. A movie. And uh, she's just been you know ever since like she started off kind of goofy and then. We came an Oscar award, and she just is so eclectic. She chooses a lot of different roles, and she's got a very good range. And uh, you know, I just think uh, she's amazing. Not yeah, only that, yeah. she won the Oscar for Les Miserables Les and Miserables. just crushed it. Yeah, and then society blackballed her for no reason, which Eddie and I actually got into a conversation about it on Did Facebook. society really blackball her, though? Yes. Yeah, no, all, they... Hold on, what, what has she done since Les Mis, though? Not... No, she's done a lot of stuff. I mean, she did The Intern... Yeah, um, she did. Um, she did. I think Love and Other Drugs came after Les Mis. Um, I think it came no, it, two years before. Okay, yeah. so yeah, like, oh, she did Batman. Uh, well, that that came out before Les Mis. It came out a few months. That, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight yeah. Rises came out in the summer. Les Mis was the winter. Oh right, Les Mis came out. Right. Yeah, but um, since then, you know, she had the cameo in Don John. Cameo. Yes. Yeah, uh, she did Interstellar. Interstellar. That's the one I was thinking of, yes. She did Interstellar. She did The Intern. Mm-hmm. Um, later this year, she's going to be in Ocean's 8. That's right. right. She's the, the bad guy in it. She's supposed to be, like, the Andy Garcia character. In Good Ocean's for 8. her. I really, like, I love female um, antagonists. I just think they're awesome. I also would love to be a really fucking creepy asshole female antagonist one day. Uh, she's just like... I, yeah, that movie I'm excited for. Uh, I don't like the fact that I think they might have actually killed George Clooney's character in that movie because I like Danny Ocean just as a character. Um, That's where I'm going to disagree because I, I hate George Clooney. Well, I don't 
care about Joe. I mean, Danny Ocean, though. Danny Ocean's the man. Uh, you ever watched Ocean's Eleven? It's I tried. No. I couldn't get into it. What? Uh, Ocean's is so good. That's actually a movie my mom got me into. Uh, and then we rented the original one. Wow, that movie is bad. Uh, so oh, Ocean's with, uh, with, with Sinatra and everybody? Yes. Oh, Colossal. I liked Colossal. I did like Colossal. A lot of people did not like Colossal. I thought it was a little stuffy. But I also did like that movie, too. She was in Colossal? She was a star of Colossal, that's right. I have to look that up. I really like her. Uh, I'm trying to look up like, what happened after she, um, she, after Les Mis. People start, so it was one of those things where, you know, she started being seen as, like, kind of annoying. You know? Oh, she's being shoved down her throats a little bit. Like, that's, it's a, uh, you know, my mom and I call this being Hathaway. Like, this happens to every, like, it girl actress who's, like, probably, she got about a three-year time span, and then you get Hathaway. Which is you do something, just one thing wrong, and then America has a breakup with you because they base everything else off of it. Right, and then if you're Leonardo DiCaprio and you do, like, the same amount of work, people throw a fit if you haven't had your Oscar yet when there's plenty of people who have been in a lot more films than DiCaprio. I'm not saying, I want everybody to know I'm not saying that DiCaprio's not a talented person and he doesn't deserve to have an Oscar. I just think that people made a really big deal about him when there are other people who are just as talented who've been waiting longer for that. Winona Ryder got half of it. Um, yeah, you know, she did. Like, well, things? Winona Ryder also, I mean, she, she's developed a rep for being kind of a head case on set. Yeah, but that's the but thing is the they say that about women. Yeah, it's not the point. Yeah, well, being a head because case, it's, it's like a matter of like, yeah, but is she talented? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was an alcoholic drug addict who got himself arrested a bunch of times and is an Iron Man. Now. You know what I mean? Like it It's matter. double standards. Well, Edward Norton has well, a I, I understand what you're talking about in, term, yeah. in terms of double standard. I was saying more, because from what I heard, Winona Ryder does have a reputation, or at least did have a reputation for being difficult to work with. You met, did, I, I will say this. I've heard many people say, I've heard... So just from, like, my friends who are black women, uh, they say if, so, if just one person just says that, that just becomes a thing now. Because somebody will say, oh, she's difficult to work with. Then everybody just has that in their head. Oh, they're difficult to work with. Okay, and that's valid. Like, and it could be one day. Like, people get so fickle and so dumb about things. I've worked with people who are difficult to work with, who on a regular basis have shown up late to rehearsal, not known their lines, not known their shit. And that's frustrating as hell. Yeah. But... I feel like a lot of times they're much quicker to label women as difficult to work with because we're not allowed to be emotional. Woody Allen is a rapist. And, and he gets not get unblackballed. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it's like, you know, like, what? I'm like, yeah, what Ono Ryder that happened to, um, I would say. I mean, like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence. I was thinking about Jennifer Lawrence. People don't like Jennifer Lawrence now, and that's the exact same thing. But, uh, well, Jennifer Lawrence also her la- her last couple of movies haven't been that good. Yes, okay, fair. I also agree with that. I think her last three movies were all very not good. Uh, that being said, I didn't even waste my time with Mother. Mother is so bad, and uh, you know it's like it's, I, I heard it, it's like very Darren Aronofsky in that it's like what the hell am no, I watching? No, it's not even. It's abusive. But at the same time with Jennifer Lawrence, I remember when uh, I remember when the first Hunger Games movie came out, and we had read the books yeah. before uh, before we saw the movies, and somebody literally said to me, and this is a woman said this to me, she doesn't look hungry. My immediate response to that as a certified personal trainer and somebody in the fitness business was like, actually, no, she's athletic because she's a hunter. And that's not something that somebody ever would have said about a male character. Nobody ever said that Tom Hanks looked didn't look like he was starving during Catholic. 
Castaway. Um, or or, he, or the, nobody would say, oh, Tom, Tom Hanks didn't look sick when he was doing Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wasn't the first person who said that about... about um, well, see, now I just have names fucked up. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Nobody ever said that about those male characters, but they were real quick to say it about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, and Jennifer Lawrence has also said, like, in Hollywood, I'm considered fat. She is. Yeah, and people, and like, it, and then she was saying, oh, girls are saying, oh, I want to look like Katniss. Right, which they should want to look like Katniss. Yeah. Katniss is healthy. I, I am a size four. And pe- the people who took my my modeling shots were like, "Oh, you'd be great for petite curvy models." And I'm like, "I'm a normal human being." Yeah. <laughs> you, you also that Onion article that <laughs> that you ever said this Onion article? Because um, it's it's just a prediction of the cycle. Um, yeah. It's an Onion article. I read. It's area. This came out in <laughs> April thirtieth, twenty thirteen. And it says, every woman has no idea she will hate Jennifer Lawrence seven years from now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's, that's The Onion? That's The Onion. This oh, I love April The Onion. April 30th, 2017. Here, I need to read The of, Onion more often. I'll read you some of the quotes. Um, uh, oh, yeah. She has, such a great, uh, she has such a great sense of humor. She doesn't even have a huge ego, and she's really down to earth compared to a lot of other celebrities. Miser said of Lawrence, who in the year, whom in the year 2020 she will call completely fake, so self-involved, and, quote, trying way too hard. And then, uh, just like, which is uh, real things that people have said about Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Uh, I could totally imagine hanging out with her in real life, and I think she's so beautiful. At press time, exactly seven years from now, Miser is telling her friends that Lawrence, quote, needs to lose some fucking weight. Uh, so, our, it's a cycle. It's a predictable cycle. And Anne Hathaway, though, I think is probably, I'm just going back to Anne Hathaway really fast. Uh, is because I think Anne Hathaway was, I think, one of the, like, it's been happening in Hollywood and in media forever, but Anne Hathaway's kind of like the first time we were all looked at each other and went, you know, I'm looking at the internet and I'm seeing a lot of other people thinking this, but none of us can really track why we don't like her. Wait, and I think the internet has changed that whole thought process. I mean, 2013, you know, when she won the Academy Award, uh, I didn't have a Twitter. And now I have it. You know, I, oh, I just got a Twitter. So, you know, the internet, everything has changed. That was in 2013? No, sorry, that was 20. That would have been the 2013 Oscar, yeah, because 2012 was when that movie came out. Holy crap, where is time gone? No, no, school shootings are happening, so we're all worried about those, and I think time's just passed by. I can't. Because that's, like, also the Don't year get me started on that All one. that started, because that was the same year as Aurora. Well, no, it all started with Columbine. Well, yeah, but that was also the same year as Handy Hook. Anyway, I think we've just all been so freaking out that we just forgot that seven years, like five years passed. Anyway, so, um, but you know, Anne Hathaway, like in my opinion, I was like, it was the first time I was like, huh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, we did this to people. Um, and I just predict, I per- personally predicted about like five years, I'll probably do the same to Emma Stone. Um, and let's stick Amy with Adams. Amy. Oh, God, I hope not Amy I Adams. Don't think, I don't think Amy Adams, because I think Amy Adams, it kind of already happened to. But Amy Adams, and this is going to sound fucked up, Amy Adams is older. You know what I mean? She's already 40. I'm mm. talking, Anne, Anne Hathaway is 29. Jennifer Lawrence was 28. Is 28 now. Oh. Emma Stone is 29 in two years. So what you're saying is, is basically women aren't allowed to turn 30. Yeah. I okay, great. So but in also, about nine months, Josh, you got to divorce me. Okay. okay. But it's like, it's like, you know, like Amy Adams is like, it's like, Amy Adams has been around forever, like for a while. Yeah. You know? And she's just, she had, she had a very successful 2013. 
And she still is very, she's, you know, still pulling. But it's like, you know, Hollywood, 40 years old. You know what that means? You're not a, you're not the it girl. You can't have, you know what I mean? They want it. They want to get to care. So, like, you know, Emma Stone did super bad. And she was, like, two years older than I was, you know, when it came out. So I'm just saying is that, like, you know, like, Anne Hathaway, how old is Anne Hathaway? Do you have on top of your head know how old Anne Hathaway is? Yes, I do know how old Anne Hathaway is. She's 33, 34? She's She's just trying to talk about yeah, so when you, she... You guys have the same birthday. Right, and I know that... I knew that. I also know that she's about my brother's age. Yeah, so when all that happened... Yeah, 29. So I'm saying, 25 years, 2013, Amy Adams was 39. Right. So people aren't looking at Amy. They're, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? The other thing is, like, Amy Adams isn't your typical ingenue. Um, and there's a lot of things in the business where there's your type and you need to know what your type is. And some people like me have to wait into, to age into their type. So I don't look old enough to play what I should be playing. Whereas those women who did look right to play the, who were the right type to play ingenues, cause I'm a character <coughs> actor, um, but for women who are right to play ingenues, when they age out of it, it kind of feels like if I now put an intellectual spin on it and I go, oh, as women age out of the ingenue age, society goes, how dare you age? You're supposed to be our perfect princess for all time. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence was like the, the few, you know, the fun girl next door type girl. And yeah. now she's a little bitter because people leak news of her, which she should be, and also it's just kind of assholes. I remember the moment when people start, first started going, I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. And that was after she had won the Academy Award the second time. So she was about 26, because apparently there are no other, and I'm not being a dick here, there are apparently no other actresses back in 2014. Um, because I was like, Joy is not a good movie, by any means. But it was like, well, Jennifer Lawrence is going to win this. And I was like, no, she shouldn't. She really shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't have won it. Yeah, I'm going to pull up I'm gonna pull up what else is nominated that year. Um, it was not a good... Oh, wait, maybe that was the Golden Globe show. No, she won a second Oscar. She's got two Oscars. Right? Or is she uh, a Golden Globe? I'll she, Google that. She, she's, got, she's got the one Oscar for Silver Linings playbook, playbook, which, which is great. Good movie. So it was the Golden Globes then. She had won the Golden Globe for... Yeah, because that was Brie Larson year. Brie Larson, yeah. That was the same. That was Austin McConaughey year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was 2004. Uh, no, that was the DiCaprio year, if that's not mistaken. That's yeah, it was 2014, Best Actress. Okay. Julianne Moore won for Still Alice. Oh, such a sad movie. Anyway, so Jennifer Lawrence wins the Golden Globe, and I remember she's wearing a red dress, and someone go- asks her a question, or is on her phone. Someone's on their phone. And Jennifer Lawrence goes, Excuse me, uh, can you focus here? Like, I'm sorry, I'd, I'd be a jerk, but, like, you know, I, I'm giving an interview here. You know, like, you're doing your job. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Which, I go, good for you. And the guy goes, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no, it's just I thought you'd be a professional here, but you're on your phone, and, you know, if I'm taking up your time. And then people are like, Jennifer Lawrence is not the girl, is not the fun, cute girl she used to be. Right. She's an old bitch. Yeah, because how real, dare women feel that's a feelings. Real article I read. Um, and I didn't even see the events. I saw the cute clip based off of that article, and can I you, thought to myself, If you man, can find the article, I want to read that And I shit. went to myself, man, Jennifer Lawrence is a real bitch. And I was like, why did I think that? And I don't think she is. But, you know, I've heard, I've heard she is kind of, like, cold, but I, I imagine being cold if, like, over the past 
two years, you've been treated like shit by every single fan or person. Um, it's also within the within the theater industry theater within the industry of of acting. There's a lot of as a woman, you're a dime a dozen, so they don't really care that much. And even if you're successful at a young age, there's a lot of yep. well, we have. Well, you know, well, if you really want this part, you need to. And it's like, well, actually, I'm actually how do I very, get a point? Of, how do I how do I get the job about being talented? I'm actually very happy that you mentioned the uh, about women being a dime a dozen because we haven't even talked about my favorite Anne Hathaway movie, Rachel Getting Married. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I love that movie. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah she's so, she's, that was that was a good. That was like Anne Hathaway immediately after all. Like she went dark. That was Anne Hathaway fast. saying, "Hey, I, Princess Diaries aside, I've grown the fuck well, up." Well, that was that was after Les Mis, I believe, right? Because that no, was, no, 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 no. This, this, this was four years know, before Les Mis. They did it to Britney too. Of course, that's the that they, that's when the South, South Park did the lottery episode. They they totally and, and then at the it, end they go with they say Miley Cyrus is next. Yeah, they got and, and then they did. Yeah. To Miley Cyrus, yeah. yeah. I think movie, uh, yeah. Um, that being said, I don't think there's like a timeline. There's like a timeline. It's not like we go Anne Hathaway, Miley Cyrus. But it's like I think they do it. They have one actress and then they have one actor. I know, and they have one actress and they have one musician. Also, like I say, they do the same thing with black comedians and black actors. You're always like the black actor, and then you're the black comedian. There's but there's never like you can't share the top. They want both. Okay, to actual so I'm gonna read the actual quote that she said. Um, going back, because Eddie handed me the article. So yeah. Jennifer Lawrence's actual quote, and I'm going to read this as blank as possible. You can't just live your life behind your phone, bro. You can't do that. You've got to live in the now. We're at the Golden Globes. If you put your phone down, you'd see that. Um, Who was she saying this to? to? Some journalist that went to her press conference yeah. and then was okay. on his phone the entire time. Yeah, he was exactly, and it's like don't don't go and be at the press conference and don't. Yeah, she's wait, they're wasting yeah. your time. And then the article that I texted uh, that I gave to Caitlin was, "quote Was Jennifer Lawrence rude to a foreign reporter?" Uh, no, anyway. no, not at all. They're at an interview with her. They're there to talk to her. Get off your fucking phone, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because in terms of Anne Hathaway, Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> Miley Cyrus, it definitely is a cycle. And I think that now is a good time to dial it back a little bit. And we'll talk about the final strong female of the night. We're going to... That's wine. Yay, drinking. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Julie Andrews, specifically as Mary Poppins. We're going to cue the music here. God, I love that woman. I have a Julie Andrews story. You have a Julie Andrews story. Yeah. All right. So, um, as the Poppins music plays in the background, why don't you uh, why don't you bless us with that story? Okay. So I was uh, <laughs> look more excited, Eddie. I, uh, so I worked as at um, silent auctions for a while, like for like mm-hmm. a year back in like 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and our friend Mark did that together. Um, so it. So I ended up at an event at uh, Chelsea Pierce, actually of all places. Um, back in 2013, like this, uh, I was probably like. October 2013. Which pier? There was a bar. There was a bar. I think that was your... I think that's yeah. where you guys got... No, no, it wasn't because... Wait. Our wedding venue used to be a bar. No And wait. used to be like a nightclub area. God. 
It might have been. It might have been the same period. I don't think it was. I could probably find that out. That information though. Anyway, so I worked. Sorry. At, I worked at a silent auction. And they were giving out stuff. Game of Thrones season two had just come out, so that was a big prize. But basically, I forgot what the event was for. Anyway, Julie Andrews was there, um, and she was drunk out of her mind. Yes. Uh, she really, and she was just like, hey. Hey, you whore, get over here. Like, she's straight <laughs> Yes! She was like, you, you fucking whore, I will fucking... I'm just... Now, here's the thing. She, uh... The Sound of Music NBC revival with Carrie Underwood was happening that... Oh, oh my so, God! No! So that never was, happened! She was fucked up out of her mind. I think and she was just like, do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know who the fuck I am? I'm Julia. She really wanted to win, like, this one, it was like Game of Thrones, like, uh, trip, a trip to, like, New Zealand or wherever, to film, yeah, to be on okay. like, the set of Game New of Zealand Thrones. Okay, New Zealand is fucking awesome. She wanted Not to go lie. so bad, and she was just like, I will fucking, I'm Julia Andrews, I'm fucking just, and she just, like, went off, and it was, like, no joke. Four hours of this, and it was so <laughs> funny. Everyone was so afraid; no one wanted to go near her because they were just like, "I do not want to be insulted by Julie Andrews today." Uh, <laughs> I do. I want to be insulted by Julie. Andrews. Julie Andrews can punch me in the face she if she wants. Didn't win a single thing. Because <laughs> we're all so afraid to go up there. At one point, she was chasing people down. She's like, "I want to put a pin." We're like, ah. <laughs> "We're being chased around by fucking Mary Poppins." <laughs> Well, speaking of Mary Poppins, like I, I, she is the character I've chosen just because Mary Poppins came out. Here, let's look at what it was the 1960s. That much I know. It came out, and I'll tell you when it came out. It came out the exact same year as My Fair Lady. Yep. Because she was the one who originated the role on Broadway, uh, won the Tony for it, yep. but because she wasn't a name. They didn't cast her. They cast um, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, who couldn't sing nearly as well. She could actually sing. Yeah, but they got they got okay. Marnie Nixon to, so, to do it. So straight up, we'll say this about Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn could sing if we're talking jazz. She was dope at that shit, right? She was but dope she at, like, wasn't kind of like bohemian, like do 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 do. Right, but she wasn't the Julie Andrews voice. No. And the thing is, is so my fair lady. There's. There's a great example of how society back then treated women. They're like, well, you're not famous she enough. She did not win the Tony for uh, for My Fair Lady. She was nominated. Really? Well, at least she won the Oscar for... Poppins. Poppins. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she... Dick yeah, the Pygmalion. She lost to Judy Holliday in Belzerine. What's your problem with Pygmalion? You have a minute? It's sexist. You have a minute? It's, it's incredibly it's sexist. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, you're right. You're right. That's actually a very good point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I enjoy my fair lady very much, but yeah, hindsight, 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 twenty twenty. It's really sexist when you don't. That's why I said the Pygmalion, not my fair lady, because it's really sexist when you don't have the singing. Yeah. Because she at least, um, I've never read Pygmalion, um, but I do know my fair lady, um, and you got to give it to her when she stands there and she yells it um, at him and she's like, Henry I'm, Hills. yeah, I was going to say Harold Hill because it's two H's. Yeah. Um, but Henry, <laughs> Henry Higgins, she's just like, I'm not, I can't do anything now. I'm not dumb enough to be a flower girl. And now all I can do is be sold off as a wife. And they basically, in making her a quote-unquote lady, they took away her power and her strength. Yeah, yeah and but also, and, and also, like, sim, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but also when she's, um, the, the guy who sings on the street where you live, he's, like, out declaring his love for her, and she's like, I'm sick of hearing the words and all this bullshit, like, I just want to be me. Yeah. Yeah, so. also, um, at the end of the Pygmalion, because the Pygmalion's actually less sexist. Uh, really? Less, 
And the big million, she's like, peace, bitch, and then she pieces out. She doesn't marry any, She didn't marry that guy. She doesn't in My Fair Lady. Well, I mean, by the end of My Fair Lady, it's implied. Like, We're all having fun. But at the end of Pygmalion, she's like, peace out, and then she leaves, and then the guy's like, she'll be back. That's literally the last line of the, of the Pygmalion is, she'll be back. Would you kind of get that a little bit? I mean, you gotta give that to Henrik Ibsen in Dollhouse for writing a woman who literally walked away from her husband and children. Yeah, no. uh, but also Ibsen, because he, he also did uh, Mother Courage, right? I think so. I would have to Google it. Can God, I help we you? Are, we are, we got, we, oh man, we hit a, we went down a right. rabbit hole. But, but I do love uh, Mary Poppins as a female character, though, just because... Why do we know so much about Ibsen? We're a movie podcast. Um, hi. Classically you, trained actor. No, I'm just saying that, that information has come. We No, we all knew that information, but, like, that is a very deep dive. Oh, uh, well, um, one of my original monologues from acting school was the, her monologue in Dollhouse. Right, no, I mean, so, I like, I, yeah. I, I also say, I, but it's, like, one of those things where you, no one's just having a conversation about Henrik Ibsen in 2008. <laughs> If I, I, if I may help us climb out of this rabbit hole. We're talking about Mary Poppins. We have to have Ibsen. <laughs> Not Ibsen, seriously. Well, actually, it's a pretty straightforward thought. If you're talking about Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews, My Fair Lady, it goes in there. I promise there was a thought process. No, it's just, it's just, it got real classy up in here. Your cat's wearing a tuxedo, Josh. We should have some it's espressos. always, we have a Keurig. Would you guys like, yeah, would you like to make some espressos and maybe like a pair of poetry? <laughs> We have wine. I can get you wine. We also have whiskey. Okay, mo- moving on. Let's talk about... Let, can we talk about Mary Poppins? Because we are starting to run a little long. Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. So I talk women are long. What? <laughs> Shut well, up. actually, society wants men to be long, but most women's vaginas aren't that big. Okay. <laughs> mo- moving on. I really Jesus. hated that. Okay. That just... Yeah, that just happened. Josh, you go off. <laughs> and he's uncomfortable. And yeah. he's like... I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go eat more garlic nuts. <laughs> Wait, you have more? Yeah. Uh, no, Eddie, the ones that are in the fridge, I eat those. <laughs> Is it behind my wine fridge? Yeah. Dude, that's Homeless Pete's fridge. He dries his socks in there. Okay, we have a recording going, and I'm pretty sure everybody's going to turn it off at this point. Please don't turn it off, folks. We promise. Okay, so, or at least fast forward to, like, the last 15 minutes. So, Mary Poppins, um, what I love about her is, is that she is one particular female character where there's no love interest. She's very independent. Yeah, yeah. She's, oh, yeah. She's got Bird, but he he's more her buddy above all else. Oh, that's two are fucking. Yeah, no, there was totally an open relationship there. Yeah, where chim, he was chim, like, yeah, chimney, chim, chim, That's yeah, but you, also, but what Poppins, else does she have in that bag? Fucking. Yeah, but Mary Poppins, you tell she, like even if that is the case, she's in charge of that relationship. She oh comes, hell's yes. She yeah, comes to London, calls Bird. He's like, hey Bird, are you home? Yeah, I'm home. Great, I'm coming over. My man's don't <laughs> even got a real job. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a sweep. Okay, you're a cleaning intern, is what you're <laughs> One man band, street artist. Like, who? Selling kites. Who just. Y'all just have chimneys up in this, huh? All right. Which, chill. actually. Suddenly, now, I, we know, I, now we know why London's so foggy all the time. I well, do yeah, want to point out that if Bert's character was a woman, they would have never cast somebody who couldn't do the fucking accent properly. Don't get me wrong. We all love Dick Van Dyke. I grew up loving Dick Van Dyke, but his accent was horrible. Yeah, uh, but, but, like, it was horrible. But Mary Poppins is a character, because Julie Andrews played her as this as this warm yet no bullshit type woman. Because, like, cause, um, 
have either of you read the Mary Poppins books? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, just the first two. Okay, so you know that Mary Poppins is a very shrewd, hard-nosed character. They kind of they had to warm her up for the movie. That's right. Because women, just just they had to Disneyfy her. That's right. You have to Disneyfy your ladies, which, which is fine. <laughs> but the fact that there's no love interest and she has no problem calling out Mr. Banks and like an Edwardian gentleman who like his wife's a suffragette and he's like and. Yet he doesn't know about that. Yeah, she doesn't call out Mrs. Banks because yeah. in today's society they'd be like, "Well, honey, what are what are you doing wrong?" Yeah, which is a very progressive. Yeah. Now that you mention, I think the actress who plays Mrs. Banks is still alive. I don't think so. I'm looking it up. Not a lot of people are still. No, Glennis Johns is 94 years young and still kicking. Mm. Good for you, hon. Good for you. Yeah, she was great in the ref. I hate the phrase blank young, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because it sounds backwards. Like, if I hear someone's like, yeah, she's 96 years young, I immediately am like, oh, so she's four. But, because it's like, you are, you know what I mean? It sounds like you're 96 years backwards. So, I actually kind of agree with this. You grow until you're about 25 years old. After you hit 25, you start aging. So I think until we hit 25, we should say they're this many years young. And after 25, we should say they're this many years old. That's right. Mm-hmm. I agree I with that. that yeah. From a physiological standpoint. That's right. Um, that's okay, right. <laughs> is there anything about Mary Poppins that you like in particular that I haven't touched on? Um, I believe it actually passed the Bechdel test. Does it? Probably. I'm pretty sure. Mary Poppins definitely had a conversation with a little girl at one point. At one point, not about men. Yeah, she she and Jane talk, and not and not about yeah. It it, Uh, um, you know what else? Explain the Bechdel test, please. Wait, wait, before oh yeah yeah, explain it. Okay, so people don't know the Bechdel test. Really? Um, no, also, I the, think it's. A, I think it's. We, we've I got we've got some we've got some listenership in Pakistan, so you have to. All right, all right. Yeah. So the Bechdel test is fairly simple. It's it's really about. It's not about being like, oh, is this a feminist movie? It's about women's presence in film. So yes. the, there's three roles. Are is there more than one woman in the movie? Yeah. Do they have uh, that you know their name? So is there more than one woman that you know their name? Yep. Do they speak to each other? And do they speak to each other about something other than a man? So here's an interesting thing. I don't think Black Panther passed the test. No, it did. I paid attention. It did. I tried to. Every conversation they had, like Okoye and uh, Nakia have, or Okoye. Or Shuri. Or Shuri. Well, Shuri doesn't talk. Oh, I guess that would be like. Every scene is kind of like, yeah, we, we have the conversation, but it feels like the conversation always inherently has to do with one of the two guys. Yes, but if they're talking, like, for like, me, I... Because they are, it is, a, it is a plot line. They killed the... Yeah, like, uh, no, the, you're fine. The king, no, I almost spoiled the movie. It's like, we have to talk about the oh. state of Wakanda, which is always related back to the king. Back to yeah. T'Challa, yeah. So, it's like, you know, oh, we gotta figure out, you know, like, they're making plans. How are we doing this? This is the situation that we're in. How do we handle this? But it always kind of falls back to, how is it related to Wakanda? And then T'Challa, so... I'm not. That's why I was like, I'm not sure. Does that make sense? Like, yes. If you take the context of the film very, away, but I'm also being very specific. You are being very specific because the way, like, I think that a quote unquote true feminist 
a, a hard, a more hardcore feminist than I am, and I <laughs> definitely consider myself a feminist, um, would be like, well, I don't know. I think it does enough within society because not only are the women saving the men's asses True. the entire fucking film. True, yeah. But there are many times where they're at least talking about literally just the technology and... Oh, yeah, like Okoye and, and Nikita yeah. do have the scene where they're like, guns, how primitive. Exactly. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so right, that yeah. conversation, yeah, sure, within the context of the movie is technically about men, but at the same time, that individual conversation taken out of the context of the film, people would be like, oh, they're talking about weaponry and technology. They would not be like, oh, they're talking about a dude. No, you're right. Also, fun fact, you know what other movie passed the Vector Test? Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, because you got Pepper and, um... I would have to rewatch it. There's a scene where they just talk about the situation, and Pepper and, uh, I think her name's Amelia. She's just a character character made up for the movie, but she's very specific. So, not not Black Widow. No, because Black Widow's not in Iron Man 3. She's only in 2. Okay. Um, but there's a scene where she, where Pepper's, like, they're both, and they both are, like, this is Tony Stark's ex-girlfriend... And Tony Stark's current girlfriend, they walk up to each other, and she goes, Amelia, and she's like, Pepper, and goes, so what are we going to do about this? And it's like, well, and then they have a fucking conversation walking down a hallway about the current situation, no mention of Tony Stark, and these two, like, like in the way that you would, you would think that, oh, these are the exes, these are the ex and the current, but they're just like, no, we're going to save what's going on. Which is actually realistic, because I have two female friends who dated the same male friend, which all three of them are friends, and none of them are dating anymore. Um, <laughs> but... These two women could have easily, if it was a Hollywood, uh, a typical Hollywood situation, they would not be friends. But these two women love each other. They're really good friends, and they're both good friends with the gentleman in question. Um, I'll tell you later. Uh, I know you're, I see you trying to figure out who this is. No, no, I'm trying to think if if Captain America Civil War passes. Uh, I don't. Does not. No. Don't know. I haven't seen it. But God, we've gone off the rails so many times in this episode. I, I know. I'm sorry. The thing is, is, it's all one women's his women's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all I, in one. There's I mean, a lot like, to talk about. I, I did this to myself. So yeah, you did ask. I just want to talk about leaving their own. Well, that, yes! That, that's, that's next week. Yeah, I want Spoiler alert. Can I cover League of Their Own? I don't even like sports, and I love League of Their Own. We'll, we'll talk about that. But back to Julie Andrews. Like Mary Poppins aside, Victor Victoria. Uh, it's where she's, ha- she's having problem finding work as a woman, so she poses as a man. Did that come so. out before or after um, Tootsie? Um, I don't know, because Victor Victoria was 1982. Oh, I don't know if Tootsie was, because that would... No, they came out the same year. Oh, interesting. So the same premise came out in the same year. Yeah, see, Tootsie came out in March 19th, 1982. I mean, no, that was Victor Victoria, I'm sorry. And Tootsie, once the page loads... It doesn't matter. We don't know when pre-production started and when the script was written. Hey, speaking of 1982, you know what else came out in 1982? My brother? Well, no. He didn't come out. My brother is straight. Um, I mean, he, that's when he was born. Nate, if you're listening, we're so sorry. He probably isn't. He's probably snowboarding in Idaho. Washington? I don't know where he lives. I love him. Anyway. But, yeah, that was, uh, so many strong female characters. I and mean, we're going to close this with a question. Uh, Caitlin, five years from now, women in, women in the arts will blank. Um, have equal pay. 
Okay. That's my big thing that I think is actually doable within the next five years. Okay. Equal pay. That's good. Eddie, what about you? Whatever they want. I don't care. It's not my job. <laughs> yes! Thank you, Eddie. That, that's actually quite valid. I, I accept that answer wholeheartedly. You fucking want. You're people. All right. <laughs> You're people. So... We're going to close this out with uh, some Anne Hathaway singing Les Mis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right. Ne- never got to use the clip. Got to use the clip. So, but yeah, that's our Women's History Month episode, folks. Thanks so much for bearing with us on this absolute roller coaster of a broadcast. It's what because happens when I drink wine. We, uh, Actually, the wine has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, but we promise we will get back on the rails next week. Because next week, Eddie, uh, Yankees are back. It's opening day. Before yeah, it is. No yeah, singing it is. along. I'm not. Yeah, it why am I not allowed to sing along? I'm a trained singer. <laughs> you know what? No one can hear this anymore. <laughs> Taking away my oh, joy. Oh, since it came out December 17, 1982, just for the record. All right. Um, glasses I, fell off. That's my glasses. Yeah. But we, yeah, Eddie and I will be back next week for our opening day special of A League of Their Own. We're also going to have two episodes next week because it's also Passover. You'll see what that episode is soon. And so, moving on, uh, Eddie, uh, give him your Twitter. Okay. Yeah, so oh, yeah, because you changed your handle. I changed my handle, yeah. Uh, so now it's Inspectadadget. Inspectadadget. Isn't this the third t- Twitter handle you've had? Yeah. Yeah, over a period of like 10 years, though. All right, so what, what's this? No, over what, the period of this podcast. What's this Twitter handle all about? Oh, um... So just, uh, it's stupid. So I guess long and short, um, try to become the greatest rapper alive. And that's, uh, my Twitter handle now is Inspector Dadget. That's my hip hop name. Uh, Inspector, like Inspector Deck. And then Dadget, like Gadget. But I didn't want to say Gadget, so I said Dadget. Uh, right. this is really just a bad dad joke. And Inspector is because if you use the hard R... Uh, it's racist. So, and also, yeah, it's just uh, a homage to uh, a great, just a great guy. So, Inspector Dadget, I probably won't be changing it for a while. I might just change it back to Andy underscore Doug by the end of this month. But yeah, just let you know. Check it out. Hip hop. Right. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, this, this, this tub. <laughs> um, Dadget. Follow our cats at, at Cinepants. Don't listen. Don't listen to her. Cina, C I N N A pants. Don't follow Cina pants. Anyway, They're you, real you, cute. You can follow me on Twitter at JB's World three two eight six. You can follow the podcast at VidVault Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was I wonderful you. having you. Love you too. Eddie, say goodbye. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to lock up, folks. Good night. <laughs>